Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Church, every eye here. Because what I'm about to propose to you is both highly lucrative and highly dangerous. Are you in? Or are you out? I wonder, does anyone know where that line comes from? (laughs) Someone was here this morning. It comes from Ocean's Eleven. And uh, Danny Ocean said this line. He said it as he's about to uh, recruit a bunch of guys on to perform a massive heist. And what they were planning on doing was simultaneously robbing three casinos so that they could walk away with a handy $150 million. What I'm about to propose to you is both highly lucrative and highly dangerous. It's a great line. It's a, it's a great line. It's, a, it's an invitation towards adventure. It's an irresistible call and it's a, a great invitation. Jesus, uh, in Mark chapter 117, he, he gave a similar uh, irresistible call and a similar invitation. He said, come and follow me. Come and follow me. It's an invitation into a life of favour, a life of grace, a life of blessing, a life of joy, a life of abundance. But then he goes on too in Mark chapter 8 and he says this, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The invitation that Jesus invites us into and the life he invites us into is a lucrative and a rewarding life, but it is also a dangerous life. I love how uh, Tim Keller uh, puts it. He says, saying yes to Jesus is saying yes to an experience of unimaginable splendor that requires your utter surrender. Unimaginable splendor and utter surrender. I wonder as you think about that and following Jesus, uh, are you in? Or are you out? As we begin this year, today is, uh, is Vision Sunday. It's a day to kind of uh, set the course on where we're going to be heading this year as a church, but particularly in terms of our preaching series and what I believe God has on, on, our, on, the heart, on my heart for this church and this year. And for this decade, I think there is no better place to start than to place Jesus front and centre. 
to place Jesus at the forefront of our thoughts, at the forefront of our minds, at the forefront of our actions and everything that we do, to squarely look at the person of Jesus, to understand who he is, what he's like and how it is that we can walk with him and follow him. And so our theme for 2020 will be following King Jesus together. And throughout this year, we are going to look at his words. We're going to look at the things that he said. We're going to look at the things that he taught. We're going to look at his parables. We're going to look at his stories. And we're going to say, how can we also live out those words? How can we obey those words? We're going to look at his works, the things that he did. We're going to look at his miracles, his healings. And we're going to say, how is it that we too are called to do those same things? Maybe you haven't been involved in seeing miracles or you haven't been involved in seeing healings. Well, this year we're going to consider and say, Lord, what's it going to look like as we follow you for us to do this as well, for us to be part of seeing greater things happen? Because the Bible says that as we follow Jesus that we will do even greater things than what he did. And that's an amazing thought to think about. But that the same power that raised him from the dead is alive in each and every one of us. And he's called us to those things to live out and to do his works. And then we're going to look at, too, the ways of Jesus. Look at his rhythms. What did it look like for Jesus when he walked this earth? What sort of things did he do and how do we live the same way? And so that's kind of where we're going to be going this year. And I'm believing that it's going to be a really exciting year for us, an exciting year and also a challenging one as we look at the person of Jesus and who he is and what he is like. And here's my prayer uh, for us tonight and throughout this year is I don't know how it is that you come and what your under, how your relationship is with Jesus at this point in time but my hope is that if you're kind of feeling bogged down in faith if you're kind of feeling in one way that you've fallen out of love with Jesus or there's a, a distance that you've created uh, with him maybe you've just become weary or tired or you're kind of feeling that guilt and shame is just dominating your life and your world or that failure is just ruling your life and your world I'm hoping that this year as we put Jesus front and center as we look at him and learn from him that you are going to find a freshness in your faith that you're going to find a new revelation of who he is and you are going to understand him and what he's called you to in a greater way and at the end of this year you are going to be able to say truly that there is none but Jesus you're going to say that there nothing matters more to me than the person of Jesus. And so that's my heart for us. And maybe if you're here tonight and you know nothing about Jesus, then can I just say, this is awesome that you are here. I'm so glad that you have come and you've, you've, you've come and to join us tonight because I know that that takes, that, takes a, um, that takes courage to actually come and to be into a church if you don't know much about Jesus or anything at all. But can I just say that you've chosen an awesome thing to do because we're going to be going on a journey. And the thing with following Jesus is it doesn't matter if someone knows, has known Jesus for 50 years or they know nothing about him. It's all a learning experience. So you can come and you can learn and you can journey with us. And so I think tonight God has you here for that exact purpose so that you can continue to be among us, to join us as we look and we follow Jesus together. So let me just unpack uh, this idea of following King Jesus together a little more for us tonight so that we can kind of set the scene and understand where we're going. Jesus began his three-year ministry with these words, this invitation to come and to follow me. 
He then ended his uh, ministry with a challenge to go and to make disciples of all, all nations, which we read in Matthew 8. Now, in between this time, in between these three years, Jesus lived in a way that showed people what it looks like to follow him. He lived in a way that people could imitate his life. They could follow him and they can learn what it looks like to live as a disciple and a follower of Jesus. So a few things I want to look at tonight. What does it mean to live as a follower of Jesus? What does it look like to follow Jesus? Well, if you're taking notes or you're just storing this away in your mind, here's what I want you to understand. The first thing is this, that following Jesus is a pursuit of unimaginable splendor. It's a pursuit of unimaginable splendor. Uh, I believe that there's no greater decision that anyone can make than the decision to say yes to Jesus. To say yes to Jesus. And I don't just mean once. I mean each day, each moment, each hour, each minute to say yes to Jesus in all of our decisions and life circumstances. We're just going to say we are people who say yes to Jesus. There is nothing more and better that we can do than that. And I want to have a look just in a moment at some wonderful things that Jesus said because he said some amazing things for us. Have a look at this. This is the first one. He says, I've come that you may have, that you may have, well done, and that you may have it to the Full. What an amazing thing. He comes and he says that you may have eternal life, that you have life in me, and not just a little bit of life. I mean abundant life, real and lasting life. That's what Jesus comes to bring. Our world is searching for life. It's searching for hope. Jesus says, I have come to bring it. I have come to bring eternal life. He then says, I've not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus has come to bring salvation. He's come to offer you and I forgiveness of sins. The very thing that we need, salvation in him. He has come and he's offering it to us. He says, I am the way. He says, I am the way to the Father. Did you know that you can have a relationship with, the, with God, the creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus? He's opened a way for you and I to have a personal relationship with the God of heaven and earth. It's amazing. He says, I'm the way. He also, by that he means that I am the way to meaning and to purpose. If you want to know what, my, what life's about, look to the person of Jesus. He says, that I am the way, the truth, and again, I am real life. And he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Are you tired? Are you anxious? Are you worried? Are you fearful? Are you, is your mind just full of chaos? Are you concerned about things? Does your shoulders feel heavy? Does it feel like the bottom is falling out of your world? What a beautiful invitation, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you comfort. I will give you counsel. I will be the place where you can lay your head. Come to me. And then he says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Are you feeling dry? Are you feeling parched? Jesus says, come to me. Experience me. Streams of living water and refreshing will come as you come to me. So this is just some, just some of the amazing and unimaginable splendor that Jesus offers and brings. So what does the Bible say about who he is and, and um, to make these claims and offer this reality? Well, I just compiled a, a, just a little list of who he is. There you go. Just a little list of who Jesus is. He is the 
Almighty One. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's our advocate. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the authority. He's the bread of life. He's the beloved Son of God. He's the bridegroom, the bright morning star. He's our chief cornerstone, our counsellor, our comforter. He's the crucified one, the creator, our deliverer, the everlasting father, forgiver of sins. He's faithful and true. He's our faithful friend. He's the good shepherd, the great high priest. He's the head of the church. Amen. He's our healer, the hope of the world, the holy one. He's the great I am Emmanuel. He's our indescribable gift, our judge and defender, the King of kings, Lord of lords, Lamb of God. He's the light in the darkness. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's our mediator, Messiah, mighty one. He's a miracle worker. He's the one who sets free. He's our hope, our promise keeper, protector, our prince of peace, our redeemer, the risen one, the rock of ages. He's our sacrifice for our sins. He's saviour. He's supreme over all. He's the resurrection, the life, he's the door opener, the way maker, the word of life, the true vine, truth, the victorious one. And he is our wonderful counsellor. Come on, I think it's worth us putting our hands together in praise and thanking Jesus for who he is and for all the things that he's done. And this is again just a sample of all who he is and what he's bringing now and continues to bring. And he's worthy of us living a life of remembrance, a life of thanksgiving and saying thank you, Jesus, for the unimaginable splendor that you bring into following, in following you. Following Jesus too, the invitation, of course, to follow him um, has always been one that also requires our utter surrender. It requires our utter surrender. Have a look at some of the things that Jesus said, uh, the challenges that Jesus laid down. He invites us into this beautiful life, but here's the challenges, he says. He says, anyone who wants to be first must be last. Ouch. And the servant of all. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Not an easy thing to do. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. How are you spending your money? What are you spending your money on? You cannot serve God and money. Are you faithful with your giving? This is challenging stuff. Let the dead bury the dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. My goodness, that sounds harsh. Let the dead bury the dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus is laying down the challenge to follow, of what it looks like to follow him. You see, the call to follow Jesus is a call to lay down our lives. It's a call to lose ourselves, to come and die. You know, our world today says it's all about finding yourself, doesn't it? Go and travel, find yourself, have all these experiences and find yourself. The Bible says something completely different. Jesus says it's actually only when you lay down your life and you lose your life that you find yourself. Completely different. It's a whole alternative world and kingdom that Jesus offers us. And it's one of utter surrender. You see, here's the deal. The reality is that Jesus offers us everything, but he demands everything of us. I wonder this year, are you going to give everything to him? You see, the reason why Jesus can uh, offer such unimaginable splendor and the reason why he can demand such utter surrender is because he is actually king. Jesus is king. Yes, Kanye is actually right. Jesus is 
king. This is what it's all about. You see, the early, the early Christians, they, um, they didn't just see Jesus as saviour or friend. You see, we love to just speak about him as our saviour and our friend. They didn't just see him as that, although they did, but they saw him as a whole lot more. In a world where people would go around and chant and declare, Caesar is Lord, Caesar is Lord, they came and they said, no, 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 Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. This was a, a dangerous declaration at the time. And you know, there's times today too in our world that this is a dangerous declaration. But as followers of Jesus, this is what we're called to do. We're called to bring our lives and everything that we have under the kingship and the lordship of Jesus. What's that going to mean for you this year? What's that going to mean for you? One of the clearest places in the scripture where we see this picture of Jesus as king, as enthroned as king is in Revelation chapter 5 and we see Jesus described as the Lamb of God on the throne in the, and being in the centre and being circled around in worship by thousands upon thousands and tens of thousands upon tens of thousands. Let me just read this to us tonight so that we can get this picture and I did a night of King Jesus. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people, and they sang a new song, saying... You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Just, just as an aside, that, that last passage I think is amazing. Do you know that in the new heavens and the new earth, you and I, we are going to reign alongside King Jesus? You have made them to be a kingdom of priests. You are a kingdom of priests. We are to serve our God and we will reign with him on the earth. Just an incredible picture as an aside. Go back. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him, King Jesus, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures and everybody in the room said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. What an incredible scene. This is an incredible scene where Jesus, King Jesus, is seen as the eternal king in the centre of all things with everything circling and revolving around him. He is in the middle. I wonder, at the start of this year, if you were to take a stock take on your relationship with Jesus, is Jesus front and centre in your life? Is Jesus front and centre? Or has he got it kind of like a bit of a back seat, kind of just tucked in to the left? Is he front and centre in your life? If not, the question is, what needs to shift for you this year? What needs to shift? What's hindering you from making this a reality? 
If Jesus is who he says he is and he is king, what is stopping you from placing him front and centre in your life? You see, if you read through the Gospels, if you read through and look at the ministry of Jesus, one of the things that we continually see him do is he kind of has conversations with people and he makes um, kind of draws a line in the sand conversation with them where he makes them consider their relationship with him. He makes them consider why it is that they are following him. Now, one such, uh, one such story is found in John chapter 6. Jesus has just done a whole range of miracles, a whole range of healings, and, uh, and he's become quite popular. People are following him around. Great crowds are, are chasing him and wanting to, wanting to see him. And in, a, in, amongst, in amongst us, and he's about to do the, uh, the miracle where he uh, feeds 5,000 uh, 5, plus people, probably 15,000 people just with five loaves and a few fish. And, but in verse 2 of John chapter 6, we get a little bit of a hint of some of the reasons, the motivation why some people are following him. And it actually says that they, it's because they were attracted by the miracles. They were attracted by the splendor. They were attracted by the things that he could actually just offer them. I wonder, why are you following Jesus? If you're a follower of Jesus tonight, why are you following him? Are you following him just because of what he can offer you? Just what he can give you? Well, let me say to you tonight that Jesus didn't come to be our consultant. Jesus didn't come just to provide a service. He came as king. And that means that he demands our utter surrender. It means that we don't just follow him for the things that he can offer us as unimaginably splendorful, if that's a word as they are. No, it means that we had to lay our life down for him. Then Jesus, so Jesus goes on after he'd done this miracle and he challenges the people around him. He challenges his disciples around him to a closer, deeper, more intimate relationship with him. And after he does that, we see this terribly sad verse. Probably one of the saddest verses in all the scripture. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. His challenge was too strong. People didn't want that. Jesus helped them to see that what they were actually wanting out of this isn't exactly what he's calling them to. And so they left and they went, they went back and no longer followed him. Then, uh, then Jesus turns to the 12 disciples and I wonder how they were feeling at this point in time but he turns to them and he says to them do you guys want to leave too do you want to leave too and I love Peter's response how good is this Peter replies master to whom would we go to whom would we go you are the one who has the words of real life you are the one who has the words of eternal life We've, and look at this, we've already committed ourselves to you. Already committed ourselves confident that you are the Holy One of God. You see, Peter knows one thing. He knows that Jesus is not looking for fans. 
Jesus is not looking for admirers. Jesus is not looking for those who just adoringly look at him. He's looking for followers. He's looking for people who put a stake in the ground and say, I am committed to following you. He knows that Jesus, he knows that Jesus is looking for followers who know that he has the words of real life, followers who know that although the cost of following him is great, the joy of knowing him is even greater. That's what Jesus is looking for. So will you pursue intimacy with Jesus this year? Will you pursue intimacy with Jesus this year? Will you draw a line in the sand tonight and say, I'm all in. I'm going all in with Jesus this year. Nothing matters more to me than following him. My mates at school, my peers, their opinions, no. Jesus' opinion, number one. My friends and my family, what they're wanting to say for me to do with a career or whatever it means. No. What does Jesus say? I'm going all in. I'm laying down my life. I'm giving everything I have. My finances, my family, my life, everything. I'm giving it in utter surrender to King Jesus. You know, the good thing about this, the good, the good news um, about following Jesus is that it's something that you don't do alone. You don't do it alone. Following Jesus is actually best done together. Following Jesus is best done together. It's a relational pursuit. You see, our, your faith and your following of Jesus is personal, yes, but it's not just about Jesus and you. If it stops with Jesus and you, you've got this thing upside down. It's, it's not right. It's meant to be Jesus and others. We do this thing Together. Have a look what N.T. Wright says. He says, The church exists for two closely correlated purposes. One is to worship. We've been doing that tonight and it's been wonderful. Thanks, Esther and the team, for, for leading us. To worship God and to then to work for his kingdom, to get on mission with him. The church also exists for a third purpose, which serves the other two. And have a look at this. It's to encourage one another, to build one another up in faith, to pray with and for one another, to learn from one another, to teach one another and to set one another examples to follow, challenges to take up and urgent tasks to perform. You know, this is what Jesus modelled for us. He had his three and he had his 12 who he invested deeply into. And he made disciples by inviting them close into his world and by then challenging them to look more like him in their beliefs and actions. And so this begs a couple of questions for us this year and it's this. Have you a life that is worth following? Do you have a life worth following? Do you have a life worth imitating? If the person next to you, this is how it's meant to work, right? The person next to you is meant to look at you to understand what it looks like to follow Jesus. Can you do that? Do you have a life that it looks like what it looks like to follow Jesus? If you don't, then what's that going to look like for you this year? What's going to shift for you? What, what are you going to do differently this year? So that, you, so that you can see other people, either younger or older, or the left and the right of you, be able to go, ah, that's what a Jesus follower looks like. That's what it looks like to follow Jesus, who is close enough to your life to see Jesus' words, ways and works lived out in you. Are you inviting people close? Jesus invited people close into his circle. What circles do you need to open up this year so that people can experience more of Jesus and his words, works and ways in you? 
And are you helping or how are you helping other people to be followers of Jesus? How are you helping other people to be followers of Jesus? Let us live as an example of Jesus that others can follow. Live as an example of Jesus that others can follow. Because here's the deal. Our world is a changing world. Things are complex. Things are uncertain. But one thing that I believe is true is that your friends and my friends, our world, our community, those we're at school with, those we're at uni with, those in our workplaces, what they're looking for is authentic Christianity. They're looking for people who, if they say they're followers of Jesus, they say that they follow their king, that they actually live that out. They're wanting to know that is the hope that we actually profess, is this thing all it's cracked up to be? They're wanting you to have a sincere relationship with Jesus. They're not looking for you to just say one thing and do something else. We need to be those who are sincere in our relationship with Jesus. We need to be those who people can look at and go, ah, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus and they're real about it. They're authentic about it. If we can live in that way, if we can live like that, can you imagine what will be possible? Can you imagine the change that it will see and it will replicate in other people's lives? Church, this year, here's my heart. Let's help one another follow Jesus like never before. Let's help one another follow Jesus like never before. Help people to learn how to pray. Help them to learn how to worship. Help them to learn how to understand the word of God. Help them to learn the words and the works and the ways of Jesus. Let us do that together. And let me just say a few things about how following Jesus will look like for us as a family this year. Uh, across the life, life of our church. Well, w- one of them is that as we find ourselves over multiple locations and language services, it's really important that we can learn to do this together because tonight is only one expression of the life of our church. You know, we met this morning at 9.30, at 10.30 in our Chinese community, at 11.30 at Broadview. We're meeting tonight. We meet on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Wednesday night, the Korean community meets. Saturday afternoons, the African community meets. Saturday nights, the Tamil community meets. We're just one expression here of a community that is something bigger. And so we've got to continually this year work on doing things together. And so one of the things that we're going to do to help us to follow Jesus this year is during, in the lead up to Easter, we're going to be going through a series in the book of Mark and it's called Follow Me. And it's going to be an eight-week series that we're going to journey through and accompanying the sermon series is there's going to be connect group resources that you can be part of. So if you're in a connect group or you want to start a connect group, this would be the perfect way just to say, hey, let's give eight weeks a crack at following through what it, the, what it looks like to follow Jesus through the Gospel of Mark. It's an awesome book. Start one up. Maybe right now, you're sensing the Spirit of God say to you, oh, I'm going to start a connect group. This is a way to do it. You just have to gather people around you and then open up the, the gospel. There'll be a few little um, videos from the preachers who have spoken that week and start something up. Also accompanying that is going to be a daily Bible reading plan as well with a spiritual direction plan too. And so maybe you haven't looked at spiritual disciplines, things like solitude and prayer and celebration. This is going to be an opportunity for you to maybe explore some of those as well and to daily read through the Gospel of Mark in the lead up to Easter. 
Easter. And we're doing this, we want to do this together, so that we'll be all reading and talking about and reflecting on and praying through the same thing and the focus as a one big family. The other thing we've launched today too, in terms of helping everybody do things together, is what we've called the Hub. And the Hub is an online, uh, an in-person place, one-stop place for people to take the next steps. You can go to rbc. Um, sorry, the hub uh, at rbc.org.au and there you can take your next steps. Uh, you can register for the volunteer breakfast if you haven't done that yet. Log on to uh, thehub.rbc.org.au. You can register for that. If you can put in prayer requests and prayer requests, and it's just a way of any event that is happening in the life of the church. It's an easy way to kind of funnel people so that we can make it easy for people to make profound decisions of faith. And so I encourage you to use that. It's going to be a place that we're going to go so that people can walk uh, together. The other thing that we've, uh, we're launching today too is a podcast that we've set up here now for our sermons. This is just making it another easy easy way for people to access our sermons. Many people probably have a podcast app that you already listen to. So why don't you just search for RBC Sermon Podcast and you can subscribe to this and then you'll never miss a message that Jesus is sharing to our church as well. And so you can also get Broadview and the AM and PM ones will be on the Sermon Podcast uh, for uh, Ross Trevor. Across our next-gen ministry, we're going to continue to work towards seeing our church and parents working together. Uh, we've got a constitutional review process. This is the fun stuff, I know, that we're kind of working through, but this is going to be important too, just so our church is safe and so that uh, we can set ourselves up for the next generation. The other thing we're going to be working on as well is what does it look like to finish some of the uncompleted works of our facility here. We want to set, get a larger foyer. There's more rooms that we actually need here, and there's a lot of work that we, of visions that we have that aren't complete yet. So we're going to be working through and walking, work, working towards completing and finishing those. We also have a vision to continue to build community and to see lives changed across various locations and language services. We believe that God has more in store for us in this arena. And so we want to continue to think through what more does God have for us and when? What other places would he have us plant? And what other mission fields would he have for us to be part of? And so I just share some of those things uh, with you today so that you can be in prayer for all that God would have to do in and through and for us all this year. And I want to encourage you to pray. Encourage you to believe that God has more for us. And what I want to do just to close off today, I want to invite Esther just to come forward today. I just want her to lead us just in a prayer uh, of commissioning as such. And so I want to invite you to stand uh, with, with us tonight, if you can. And we just want to pray and say that this year, Lord, will be a year that we will follow you. That it will be a year that um, we will step out in faith. And step out in trust. And so maybe as we pray and Esther leads us today, or maybe I'd just encourage you to maybe put your hands out just in front of you tonight. And it's going to welcome the Spirit of God to come, to have His way in us. So Spirit of God, move among us tonight. Have your way. Speak with us. We want to, we're here for you. We're here to give you worship. We're here to give you praise. We're here to work for your kingdom. And we're here to help each other follow Jesus together. Lord, may you be front and centre in our hearts. May you be front and centre in our lives. Spirit of God, have your way. Have your way in us. 
Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.